Welcome listeners to another Arcade Attack podcast. My name is Dylan and we have uh, something slightly different for you this week. A few years ago, I had the pleasure of speaking to Tom Kalinske, uh, of course the ex-CEO of Sega of America. Uh, I, tri- uh, I transcribed the interview at the time uh, and you know it's freely it's been freely available on the website since then but I thought it actually listens quite well um given that it was done months and months before we even thought about doing a podcast uh, I think I did an okay job I do say obviously quite a lot and uh but Tom takes it all in his stride I'm 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 a clear newbie but he's got a lot of stories to tell uh, I hope you all really enjoy it and of course let us know what you think Yeah, the first thing I wanted to know is um, I had a quick look at Global Education Holdings. I know this is currently what you're working on at the moment. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Sure. So Global Education Learning is a company that we started about oh, three years ago. Yeah. And our goal was to go into China and put together a number of education companies, all focused on young children's education, oh, wow. using technology. Yeah, to improve right. education yeah. and uh, put them together and then start bringing U.S. or U.K. education companies into China because it's very difficult for a small education company to move into China. Yeah. So that's kind of, kind of what we're up to. We owned a site called Yaolan, which means cradle in Mandarin. Oh, nice. And uh, uh, we, we grew it from uh, – it was a site for moms to help them answer any question they had about educating their young children or on health and nutrition issues for their young yeah. children. Yeah. And we grew it to about uh, 15 million moms using it three or more times wow. a month. Oh, wow. So okay. pretty good. That's really good. So so do you take – so you just run the company or is it – are you sort of more hands-on or what? What? what uh, I, have a, I have a CEO who's – who's a good friend who's Chinese. Uh, he was actually born in San Francisco, but he went back to China. And then okay. he came back to Stanford University, and then he went back to China, and then he came back to Harvard <laughs> University, and then he went back to China. So, he likes so anyway, uh, he, he actually runs it, and I'm just oh. kind of the guy who strategy and things like that. Okay, good, good. Excellent. Well, that sounds really good. Um, so, obviously, you're working there now, and you've worked with Mattel, and you've worked with some of the biggest... Uh, entertainment companies in the world um so obviously we're, we're, we're big retro gamers here at arcade attack how does fun wise and i suppose in a satisfaction uh, kind of context how does 
your time at Sega compared to all of the other amazing jobs that you've done? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I've really been fortunate because I've, I've enjoyed about everything that I've ever done. I really enjoyed my time at Dell. Yeah. And then I really enjoyed my time at Sega. Yeah. I've really enjoyed for my time at Leapfrog and when I was president of Knowledge yeah. Universe. I really enjoyed that as well. I, so I've been very fortunate to say this time was probably the best in the sense yeah. that so many great people had such a great team. We've actually remained pretty close all these years later. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm still very close with uh, Al Nielsen and Diane yeah. Fernassier and Ellen yeah. Beth and Buskirk and Paul Rio and, yeah. you know, Toyota Shinobu. So I'm really close with, with the team and, and we've remained very good friends and try to see each other as, as frequently as we can. Yeah. There are three or four of them here in the Bay Area and I see yeah. them more frequently than, than yeah. the others. But anyway, so it was just, it was a great time because we accomplished so much in such a short period of time. Hmm. Terrific people. I think we inspired each other and um, just a time. Brilliant. Could you ever have imagined that what you did back then would have still have, you know, would still be relevant, you know, 20 years on, 25 years on? No, I still find it hard to believe. I really do. <laughs> I, you know, when, when Blake Harris approached me, uh, whatever it was, three years yeah. ago to, to do this book, uh, yeah. Console Wars. Yeah. I thought he was nuts. I said, what? <laughs> who's who's interested in retro games? Uh, oh my what God. audience is going to read this? Yeah. And I said, there's probably 200 people in the world that care. He said, no, 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 you're wrong. There's thousands and thousands of people. And as I got into it, I realized he, of course, was correct. And that's yeah. why we went ahead and... Does it surprise you that there's you know this many retro gamers out there that yes you know, it does still surprise me and i i'm i'm grateful you know i mean it's still, <laughs> we're I grateful get, for I you get tom to my uh, my middle age i get to relive it <laughs> <laughs> no it's you know it's retro gaming is crazy i mean we we're, we're one of thousands of blogs and we've got something like 4000 followers on twitter but some other of our friends have got something like 90000 followers i think one guy's got maybe one more than 100000 followers so yeah i think I think gaming has sort of come full circle, you know, I think people are getting sort of tired with the new kind of stuff. It's gone a bit too movie-like and people, you know, want to revisit the Sonics and the Marios and, you know, yeah. that's, that, that's, that's the main reason I started this blog a year and a half now. So, yeah, no, it's, um, it's a real pleasure to be actually speaking to you. It's quite surreal. So, um, yeah, so you were, obviously, you and your team were the main reason that the Sega became so popular in America. Um, did you... When when you first went in there, and I I have read um, console wars. I mean, when when you first went in there, did you honestly believe that you could be bigger than Nintendo? Well, I, at the time, I didn't know whether we could be bigger than Nintendo, but I was mm. pretty certain we could create a a really good market based on the technology, the sixteen bit technology, and the Game Gear handheld technology. Yeah, and I was pretty sure if if we were smart about what we did, we could create a large company. Yeah. Uh, it was only after we got going, I thought, hey, you know what? We could probably pass these guys. <laughs> and that made it, of course, the challenge of that made it all the more interesting and enjoyable. Yeah. No, wow. I mean, you know, you guys did some amazing work. Um, it's crazy. So you accomplished so much within those six years. Um, obviously, the end was a bit with the Saturn and the slight, you know, the, the demise of Sega. Does it, does it make you sort of retrospectively looking back does it make you feel a bit sad that although maybe sega won the battle that nintendo won the war 
Oh, I've lost you a bit. And I've often thought, if I had just been a little more persuasive, if yeah. I had been able to get uh, Sega Japan and the, yeah. and the Japanese board and the chairman agree to do the deal with Sony that we had on the That table, was it. Yeah, that was it, wasn't uh, it? Then the, the history would be completely different. Hmm. Uh, but I wasn't able to convince them of that. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I didn't realize, frankly, I didn't realize until fairly recently when the Console Wars book came out. Yeah. Blake actually went and interviewed in Japan. Yeah. I didn't realize that there was this animosity up in stock Japanese company mm. towards Sega of America. Mm. And for that matter, towards Sega of, of yeah. UK. Uh, because we were so wildly successful. Yeah. Consumer world, yeah, world in Japan. Do you think so it's sort of you think it's sort of boiled down to some some kind of jealousy or why you know maybe cultural well, it, differences or that it was jealousy, but it was also imagine if you're over there and again I didn't realize this until fairly recently. Mm. Monday, CEO Chairman Nakayama would walk into what called the decision room, yeah, and he'd hell out of the marketing and product development guys in Japan. Oh, Aren't you as successful as use my name? Tom is in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, if you're every week you get up and, <laughs> and compared to Tom, soon you're not going to like that guy, <laughs> and, and that's essentially what happened. Oh no! Wow! I mean, it's crazy. I mean, if you know, if Sega had just been a bit more unified, we could have had a Sega PlayStation, or you know, the N64 wouldn't have been a thing. And it's crazy to think about. You know where where the company could have gone. I'm, it makes me feel a bit sad because I was always a Sega boy. You know, I, my first console was a Master System. Then you mo moved on to the Mega Drive, and then I had a PlayStation after that. So, less said about that, the better. Um, but yeah, no. So it's just one of those things, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so when when you were building up Sega and obviously with Nintendo and and you got your Howard Lincoln and your Peter Main and and you you took them down. I've, I wasn't there, obviously, I was just, just getting this from Constables. You took them down on many occasions. Was this something that you relished? And how do you actually find the strength to do it? Because these guys, I wouldn't have, I would have just run. If, if, if they'd have been in the same room, I would have gone 10 miles the opposite direction. But, you know, you stood toe to toe with them. How did you do it? Well, I actually enjoyed doing it, frankly. I mean, I, I you know, there were a lot of these events where Peter Main would speak first and then I would follow and it yeah. gave me a great opportunity to kind of ridicule them and make fun of them and yeah. point out that they really weren't doing as well as they <laughs> claimed they were doing and things like that so I, I really enjoyed that uh, Howard was a little less public eye up until uh, end of the of my time at yeah. Sega and then he became more, more public yeah. and actually um, I dealt with him prior Sega. I had I'd known him when I was at Mattel and and at Matchbox. Yeah. So so I had some familiarity with him. Yeah. He had a, a bit of a of a good relationship actually. Okay. Even though even though you know he sent me poems <laughs> and things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've read that. When I was the company, he sent me a very nice letter and, and yeah. Contributions to the video game industry. So that was very yeah. nice of him. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, there's a sort of there's a lot of mutual respect between you guys, and yeah, it um, thankfully I don't think it turned into fisticuffs, but thankfully it didn't. Um, I heard they had a dartboard with my. Uh, 
that's that's surely a, a compliment, right? So obviously, if they're targeting you, then you're the you're the guy to beat. So, um, yeah, no, really great stories, and I'll get I'll get onto console wars in a little bit. Um, but it brings me quite nicely because you got a little. I can see you got a little Sonic mascot behind you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have Sonic all over the place. Actually. I love this guy. I love <laughs> this guy. And it's crazy to think that without without your team, he would have looked completely different. And Blake obviously goes into a little bit of detail as to what Sonic looked like before you guys tinkered with him. Do you think the original Sonic, so before you made him blue and a bit more, bit more um, toy friendly, um, do you think he would have been? as popular globally as the eventual Sonic? No. No, it, I, I'm quite confident that he wouldn't have been. Uh, it's too bad we don't have a sketch of what he looked like yeah. previously. Yeah. But he had fangs. Yeah. He was kind of scowling. <laughs> very spikes on his back. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he was a, actually originally depicted as a pretty ferocious character. Yeah. And we we needed something that was going to be Oh, lovable and kind of the smart ass uh, guy next door yeah. who who got into trouble but always did the right thing, you know. Yeah. And and that's what we needed to to turn Sonic into, and and we did. And I, I'm very confident that the original would not have been as successful. Yeah, I think because he's he's quite friendly, he's quite an affable character. I think again with you know Mario, and you couldn't you couldn't have gone in with a vampire hedgehog. I don't think that would have worked. So. No. Kudos, kudos to all of you for changing that. You know, Sonic was one of the first games I had on the Master System, so again, it's you know, it's it's something that that is important to me with um, in terms of growing up. Um, so Sega, so that, that that was one project that you guys worked on, and and Console Wars goes into a few of the games that Sega worked on. Who were the best? Um, this is a, a question from my colleague Rob, or my colleague Rob, my friend Rob, who works on the thing, um, who works on the the blog with me. Uh, who was the who were the best external game developers to work with? So I know that Sega had quite a few third party developers. Who were the best in terms of sort of getting things done and actually being quite quite pliant in sort of following the Sega way? Another good question. Obviously, Electronic Arts as a third party mm. uh, yeah. developer was fantastic. I mean, yeah. they they were really good, and we always I joke with Larry Probst, the chairman, that. Yeah. He wouldn't have been successful if it weren't for Sega. He says Sega wouldn't have been <laughs> successful it. without Electronic Arts, and yeah. there's truth to of those statements. Yeah. And obviously, uh, when first engine our machine, we weren't happy with them. Yeah. Uh, turned it to our advantage by getting, frankly, the Madden engine from them, which we turned into. We yeah. were able to turn it into Joe Montana. Yeah. So, so clearly, Electronic Arts was really great to work with. Engine was really great. To to work with yeah. um uh oh gosh my mind is going That's okay. yeah, I, uh, mortal combat guys uh acclaim acclaim, acclaim. yeah Ooh. acclaim was good to work with yeah. um fishback was running it at the time yeah. of course i i, I meant activision activision was good to activision <laughs> yeah wow so that's good i mean obviously electronic arts massive i've Numerous electronic arts games, so yeah, so it's 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 fair to say that you both helped each other out. Um, well, and I, I actually learned yesterday that 300 million FIFA players in the world. Can you yeah. imagine that? I'm still one of them. Yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, when you when you play that first FIFA, it was it was the best football game 
on the Mega Drive, what, you know, obviously what we call Genesis, um, when it came out, and there was umpteen football games before that, and they were all terrible. So we knew that something good was going to happen. That it'd still be going in 2016. Okay, I couldn't have predicted that, but you know, yeah, well done, Electronic Arts. Okay. Oh. EA Sports. Do you have your own team? Is it, did you make a team on FIFA? No, I haven't gone into that. Apparently, a lot of people. Is that the one that you have to pay money for? And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I don't, no, I don't do that. So. I play that. I just play like a normal exhibition game or something, and then put yeah. it down. You know, my, I've got. I've got the. I haven't got the. Uh, the attention span of uh, young gamers these days. So I pick <laughs> it up for ten minutes and then just put it back. But um, yeah, no, it's FIFA is still good. EA is still great. So, but it's a shame the Sega aren't around. You see, obviously Sega still makes stuff, but they could have been, you know, what, what, what really could have been. Um, and let's spin on to another question from, uh, from my friend Rob. So he wanted to know sort of what was the, the reaction? What, what was your reaction and the general reaction of the team when the, um, obviously the Genesis was extremely popular when, um, SOJ introduced the, the Sega CD and the 32X? Did you think that, that they were winning products or, and, and sort of what was it a surprise to see them not really take off? It, Sega CD to me was a real necessary step to mm. take. Yeah. Cause remember back in those days, we were only developing games on cartridges and we mm. didn't, we knew optical disc was coming. We knew that was the future of the, of the whole industry. Yeah. We didn't know how to program on it. So yeah. it was something we had to go through. We had to, start with Sega CD and learn how to program on an optical disc machine. And, of yeah. course, we also had grandiose views of it. We thought, wow, we're going to get this memory. Hey, that's yeah. not bad. You know, we can, put a, lot more, we can yeah. put a lot more into a game than we ever did before. Yeah. Uh, you know, symphonic music, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Rock and roll music, that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, full motion uh, video, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And combine that with... 3D animation, it all sounds wonderful. Yeah. Hard to do. Uh, was that, <laughs> yeah. Back then it was hard. It was hard to do. Yeah. So, you know, the, we had to work with uh, Tom Zito and uh, digital pictures uh, and didn't make the best games, but it was something we had to go through. It was a great learning experience for us. 32X was a, you know, I, we shouldn't have done it. It was mm. a way of trying to extend the life of, uh, of 16 bit. And, and yeah. frankly, I was hoping that that would, uh, give me ammunition so that I didn't have to introduce the Saturn. Early. <laughs> yeah. And early for me was the fall of that year. Yeah. Little did I know I was going to get forced to introduce it in the, in, in May, June, uh, time. It's unbelievable. Of that year. Yeah. And that was just, it's like, have enough know. soft, have enough hardware. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, especially you know, you you want to know what what Sony had planned and you know how they'd sort of end up usurping Sega in the end. But yeah, for for SOJ to pull that was a bit. I found that I found I found it quite hard to believe that a company would do that. You know, separate parts of a company would do that to another. But I guess it's just one of those things that I'll never never fully appreciate. But these are the things you kind of had to work. Yeah. How did you cope with the stress of, obviously, you know, you wanted to do X and there's always someone telling you to do it their way or, you know, to do it a different way. And how do you cope with it? How do you keep well, it Well, it was, it was difficult. I mean, the first, the first three years pretty much did let me do what I wanted to do. Yeah. We're very successful. Yeah. So it was only 
toward the end of my time, when the whole game changed, and yeah. all of a sudden I was being ordered things that I knew yeah. were incorrect. Yeah. That is pretty much when I then decided I'm going to have to leave the company. Yeah. So um, I was actually uh, happy to be recruited by Mike Milken and Larry Ellison to yeah. form uh, what became Knowledge Universe. Yeah. Uh, on one hand, I hated leaving my friends yeah. uh, that I made. On the other hand, it was something I knew I'd have to do because the, you're right, the stress and the pressure uh, and, and just integrity-wise, doing things mm. that you knew were not right, pretty difficult. Yeah, well, kudos to actually you know, trying to give it a shot and getting the Saturn out there and letting Sega make their own mistakes afterwards. But um, you know, it's, it's clear from the book, and I think it's clear from what, what we all know about you that you did your best. So, And we're thankful for what Sega have left us, so... We're good. We're good. We're Thank okay. You. Thank you. <laughs> um, so actually, the, the Sega CD leads on to another question from Rob. Um, so it had games. I think Night Trap was the big was the big controversy. I remember being yep. a kid and this coming out. My friend right. actually, my, my friend's parents actually bought it for him, and I saw it as a as a ten eleven year old, and I was like, what What is this? You know, <laughs> and I was like, this is not a computer game. This is some kind of eighteen eighteen film. Um, but you know. This is something that Sega sort of pioneered in and Nintendo were sort of hesitant in getting these kind of games out. So what, what was the internal reaction with you and your team when, when you first saw these games and, and how did you, how do you sort of philosophize about getting them out to the public and what were your, you know, what, what was your attitude in sort of doing it? So a number of things. First of all, remember we had the vision or the view at video games were for all ages, not just yeah. for young kids. And we yeah. wanted to particularly go after teens and college-age kids. Yeah. And we did, obviously, with not just the CD, but with a lot of the cartridge games as well. Yeah. And in Night Trap, oh, it's, it's so, it seems so strange to me that it became so controversial because we actually thought it was kind of a campy horror film <laughs> type of game. You know, we thought it was sort of funny. Yeah. And we thought people would see it as, uh, as, as kind of this campy, Horror film where yeah. actually, as a player, on well, the newscasters didn't put it this way. Mm. You're as a player, you were trying to save damsels. Yeah, you're trying to save them from the monsters. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're, you're trying to protect them. Uh, and anyway, so I was quite shocked that it became so controversial. On the other hand, we did know that it was for an older audience, and so yeah. indicated uh, on the package. Did you ever think going down that route that it would lose you market share? Or did you believe that it would actually grow your market share when you... No, I, I always thought, like the movie industry, it, it would expand it. I mean, if you think about... It, it, certainly, we can't compare ourselves logically to Disney. But if you think about Disney, Disney has movies for all ages. Now, they use a different label. Yeah. They're R-rated movies. But they make movies for all ages. Yeah. And I didn't see uh, as any than that in our efforts. I thought we should go after an all-age audience like the yeah. movie industry does, and that's why we came up with the ratings, rating system. And I think history has proven uh, us to be correct in that view because when we were, when I was at Sega, we used to brag that our average age of a player was 18 years mm. of age. Yeah. Today, Sony talks about the average age of their playing being 32 years of age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Clearly, you know, we changed the market and we got Absolutely. a lot of older aged people playing video games. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, 
the thing about Sega is is that I remember my um, my friends' parents playing playing my friends' Mega Drive and things, you know, before we used to go around there. So it's 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 something that you know Sega managed to bridge that gap between sort of the younger games and the older games. Yeah. brilliant. You know, I just I just I just love that you guys was you know were such at the forefront back in those days because it would have been a, a lot a lot more boring if we were stuck with Mario and Yoshi and whatnot. So thanks again. Um, so okay, I'll I'll spin on it. We're, we're um, I'm taking a look at your time here. Um, if you could, it's a cheeky question from Adrian. If you could turn back time, and uh, if you had the opportunity to trade Sonic for Mario and make Mario Sega's mascot, would you do it? Uh, of course i wouldn't you know that i love sonic and i wouldn't i wouldn't trade sonic for mario are you kidding me i mean sonic is a much better character brilliant glad you said that um i don't know if we were expecting anything else but i think you wanted to ask anyway um so yeah so sega obviously sad decline um sonic actually being on nintendo games was a bit of a bit of a mess with the head back in the in the in the early Wii days. I don't know if you've seen Sonic and Mario at the Olympics and things oh, like that. And... It's it's a complete shock to me. I actually I think it was two years oh. ago I was at uh three. Wow. Yeah. Excuse my dog. I That's had an right. English bulldog barking here. Oh. Uh I went through the E three show and to my shock there was Sonic and Mario racing. Like holy cow. Well I'm happy to say that without often had not often played on a nintendo system <laughs> say i picked up the controller and i was able to i was driving sonic and yes. the demonstrator was driving mario and i was able to him so i felt very good about that brilliant yeah. but i was shocked <laughs> <laughs> did he know who you were no he didn't <laughs> did you tell him afterwards no is somebody with me told him afterward <laughs> yeah you just got beaten by Tom Kalinske. There you go. Um, no, brilliant. Um, but yeah, so obviously with that and Sega just being a third-party developer now, um, if you were in charge of Sega today, how would you get the company up to where it belongs? So running with the with Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo. Well, w- without a hardware system, I, I think obviously you'd have to be on every platform. Mm. Uh, to be more ubiquitous with uh, your good IP. Yeah. There still is a lot of, of great Sega yeah. IP and names and brands yeah. could be redone in the, today's technology and made into great games yeah. and, and rebuild the, uh, the business. Obviously, you'd have to have a wonderful team of people to yeah. do that and, and people who knew how to make great games that felt when you played them and, and were challenging, but you involve for a long, long time. And I, I, I think all that is possible still today, mm. and I'm sort of sorry to see that they aren't following that that kind of path. Yeah, it's a shame. So get on the phone to Al and Diane and everyone and then do it. Go back to Sega and make it big again. <laughs> <laughs> no, which, I don't it's, think they want me. <laughs> I guess, I guess um, I'd, oh, they, should, they should have you back in a heartbeat, really. But um, anyway, we'll leave the past to the past, isn't it? Um, so yeah, you said that obviously Sega could compete again, which is great. Um, where oh, I don't know how to, how, to, how to phrase this. What do you think of 
the video game. I mean, I don't know if you um, know how much you have to do with the video game industry now, but what do you think of it now as compared to to back in the day? I'm I'm actually I'm very pleased about what's happened with the video game industry. As I started to say a minutes ago, yeah. first of all, it's all ages now. Yeah, lots of women playing video games yeah. as well. And and you think about it, the video game business was a three and a half dollar business when I started at Sega. Yeah, that's hey, <laughs> it's a ninety one dollar business Crazy. around. You know, it's larger. It's larger than the, the movie industry. So. So I, I feel I feel very good about happened the video game industry. Yeah. Um, I you know I think their team do some um, merit for for really changing the industry to what mm. it has become or to Absolutely. setting the industry on the path. To, we can't take credit for all of this, obviously, but setting it on the path for for what uh, what has occurred. Yeah. I feel, I feel very good about it. I, I like what I see. I'm very interested to see what they do with VR. As yeah. you probably know, we had experimented with VR way yeah. back in uh, 293. Yeah. The, re- the reason we didn't bring it out was because you'd put headset on and you'd get sick. Yeah, you just go that <laughs> uh, Yeah. You'd run into things. You'd <laughs> up. I mean, it was... It was it's really strange, and I'm anxious to see how they overcome those issues today. I do think that the VR experience, and I've, I've tried it, obviously. I, yeah. I've used uh, VR here in Silicon Valley with yeah. games, and it's terrific. I don't know if you can do it for a long time or not. <laughs> Just end up falling over again, wouldn't you? <laughs> but, um, no, it sounds, yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, the thing I don't like about the gaming industry, just between you and me, is... Um, it's how certain mobile games tend to fleece people. And I was brushed on EA having their their paper team thing on FIFA. I, I don't, you know, I like the you know, back in the old days. You buy something, you buy a game, you enjoy it, you sell it on or trade it in. I don't like this constant buying of things. And it, you hear about kids spending three hundred, four hundred pounds sometimes buying extras for a game. It's crazy. That's, that's well, that is thing. that is crazy. That's uh, that's not. It is completely nuts. And I'm kind of shocked to hear that, actually, because Mm -hmm. I used to, the other thing I liked about the industry, I Mm -hmm. thought that you're selling games for $40 or 40 pounds or whatever, and in terms of hours of enjoyment, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any form of entertainment that could compare. I mean, if you're playing a game for 100 hours, you paid $40 for it, it's pennies per hour. It is. That you're that you're spending yeah. versus paying ten dollars for a movie that lasts an hour and a half. Yeah. So now with the you know the the existing models now tend to focus on you're paying about ten bucks a, and every time you look at something and it's it's more wow. like you know they're, they're charging like a cinema and I just I don't like it Tom I'll be honest with you I, I still yeah. I still prefer to and they're making more so that the new games like Street Fighter and all the new ones. Uh, you've got to be online for certain things. There aren't like, arcade modes within the games. You've got to go online. Go online. Go online. Join up to this. Sign oh, up to this. Oh. It's it's crazy, isn't it? But anyway, so that's what that's the world we're living in at the moment. So what can you do about it? Um, okay, so just a couple of quick fire questions just to finish off. Um, Console Wars, brilliant book, love it. Uh, it's being made into a film, as I'm sure you as I'm sure you know. We've we've just said yes. on the grapevine. Uh, if you could choose any actor to play you, who would you choose and why? I don't dare say. Ah. Then I'm sure it won't happen. <laughs> my daughters, uh, my daughters thought it should be Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I, I think I think Brad could pull it off. Um, I was thinking I was thinking more um, more a younger Harrison Ford or a, or a Dustin Hoffman. But if they want to go that way, then that's fine. Yeah, it has to be somebody that you know twenty years ago. Yeah, oh, it, you know it have to be a, a younger person. Couldn't be Harrison Ford, older than I am. Oh, we can put some makeup <laughs> on him. We can put some makeup on him and send him out. He'll be. Yeah, he do a he do a good yeah. Tom Kalinsky, I think. Um, okay, interesting. Okay, so you can't say well, zip. Um, so and also and then our this is our last question. We ask all of our interviewees um, if you could go for a few pints for a few drinks with any video game character. Who would you choose and why? It's a good question, right? Tough one. That's a, that's a really good one. That's a tough one. Uh, oh, uh, again, I, I really enjoy hanging out with Sonic. So I'd probably choose Sonic again. I mean, he's a logical, too young, maybe too young to drink, though. I don't know. Yeah, I'm would you be drinking soda that. pop? You'd be drinking like... Yeah, I probably have to soda pop with him. <laughs> and in terms of uh, American football game, of course, Joe Montana. That, that, that's terrific. They yeah, I mean, Joe. Got it. I mean, Joe. Even though American football wasn't massive here in the early nineties, Joe Joe was massive over here. The Forty ers were massive. You know, they used to show Forty ers games quite a lot. So yeah, and um, so Joe, what do you think of Joe? Is he a good guy? Are you still in contact with him? He, <clears throat> he is a really good guy. I actually do know him well. Yeah. Uh, our kids uh, had two daughters that went to school with two of his daughters. Yeah. Coached the high school girls junior varsity basketball team, believe it or not. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, He's a sports fan. And, uh, and of course, because of the Sega football uh, uh, game, I got to know him quite well. And we yeah. actually live near each other here in San Francisco area. Yeah. So he's a really good guy. He's a really smart guy, which is also... Uh, Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Who's the who's the most famous person you've met? Oh boy! Huh. When I was very young, I met John Kennedy. Wow! Yeah, wow! So, so probably I would have to say John Kennedy. Wow! <laughs> what was meeting him like? Uh, I was awestruck. You were what? I was awestruck because I was a kid. You were awestruck. Yeah, I was absolutely awestruck. <laughs> and I've met I've met, I've met uh, other presidents. I've met. Clinton. Yeah. He was very impressive, very uh, he looks you in the eye and he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room even though there's 200 other people in the room. Uh, yeah. and, uh, so he had a nice way about him. Um, very good question though. Bill Clinton's pretty, more pretty famous so uh, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be pretty hard to top that. I haven't met anyone famous. You're the most famous person I've spoken to Tom, so there you go. So when people tell me <laughs> When people well, ask you gotta me, you got to get out world more. Then <laughs> I could, they don't let me near the really famous people. That's what happens. They're like, oh, I want to go. Yeah, no, no. But yeah, Tom Kalinsky, look, chatting. There you go. Hey. So, <laughs> but no, thanks so much for your time, Tom. Um, I know you're pleasure. A great, guy. great talking with you, and uh, hope we real, meet in person sometime. It's been a real pleasure. Obviously, if I'm in San Fran, I'll see if you're free. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Look me up. <laughs> thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at ArcadeAttackUK, at KeithBarlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ArcadeAttackUK. 
Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.